0: the Ball, the podcast, with Mike and Bomber.
1: Welcome to the Holding Ball podcast. Uh, we're up to episode number 54 and we're going to have a bit of a draft special uh, the next couple of weeks and got a few guests on board. Huge, going to be a huge couple of episodes and uh, thanks
0: for everyone for getting around our, our trade episode, which has been one of our best rating episodes. So cheers wherever you've been listening. Uh, yeah.
1: It was a good episode, good fun.
0: Yeah, it was good fun and... Uh, yeah, just a shout out to all those people listening uh, to the show. Uh, we've had, well, we've had some people listening in Spain and Turkey and, you know, and our, our listener base in Singapore, now that Johnny has moved back down to Perth, is going to dwindle. <laughs> so, thanks for keeping, uh, so John, thanks, uh, aka Boobs, who's, who's been on there before. Hopefully you passed on the... Uh, Hopefully you spread the word up there. Yeah. Uh, but those are lots of people listening in uh, places around town like Kulbinia and Atwell, um, also Melbourne, Brisbane... Ballarat,
1: so if you're listening in the rat or wherever you are, uh,
0: thanks for tuning in.
1: (laughs) All right, and and, in this week's episode, we're going to talk to a couple of uh, WA draft prospects. So we've got a two-week draft special, and uh, we've
0: got a bit of a gun uh, from that uh, to join us uh, for these episodes. So we've got uh, Silver Lombardi here, who's done work with the State 18, so knows the kids inside out. I'm talking him up here, so he's going to love it. Knows the kids and then uh, gone into recruiting uh, with the Crows and Saints. And so in terms of the ins and outs of the league, I think we got the right uh,
2: right bloke in. So welcome to the show. Silv. Thanks, Bomber. Mike, thanks for having me on the, uh, this morning. I'm really looking forward to having a, a good chat about uh, the draft. It's a, a great time of the year. It gives us something to talk about other than the Aussies belting uh, Pakistan and <laughs> yeah. Sri Lanka in the cricket. Yeah, well, that's a non-issue, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No contest. No, absolutely.
0: So we'll get into it. So today's episode, we're going to talk with a couple of uh, WA draft hopefuls in uh, Jake Pessini will come on shortly, but first we're going to have a
1: chat to... Uh, Riley Garcia, so stick around and we'll be back after this and uh, we'll speak to Riley.
0: The Hold the Ball Podcast. All right, so uh, special guest here on our uh, oh, I guess our draft special. We're previewing the national draft coming our way and uh, being a, a WA-focused podcast, we're fortunate enough to have uh, up-and-coming WA young gun Riley Garcia. Welcome to the program, Riley. Hey, guys. Thanks
3: for having me. Good uh, to be on here.
0: Great to have you on. Uh, mate, how is the lead-up to the, the national draft? We'll talk about your, your – how's, how's the feeling? We're about three weeks away, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a funny feeling because now that the, the draft combine's done, and it's all – I guess it's just interviews, really. So, yeah, a bit of a wait, but I guess it's, it's exciting times ahead.
0: And how's the interview process been? I mean, is it – you felt like you've just said the same thing 15 times or has it uh, uh, been a different experience from different clubs or yeah, how's that all been? Because yeah. we've heard on in the media circles about some of the weird questions you get asked from some uh, some clubs. How's that been?
3: Yeah, it's been, I guess, like every interview is different, but, um, yeah, some are challenging, some are interesting, but, yeah, I guess for me, everyone's different. So, yeah, I've enjoyed them all. Um, I guess every club approaches it differently and throws a few curveballs and in the questions, but,
2: yeah, I've enjoyed them all. Riley, it's uh, Sylve Lombardi here. How are you? Good, thanks. That's good. Um, Riley, just uh, on your interviews, uh, just talk us through a little bit about um, how you just mentioned the clubs have different approaches and things. Uh, you've had some clubs come up and, and see you at home. Can you just talk us through what that experience is like, the real intimate uh, interactions with parents and the rest of the family?
3: Yeah. Um, so – Every club I've spoken to has all been at my house. So I guess they just try to get to meet your family, um, see what home life is like and what your lifestyle is like around the place. So, yeah, I guess every club's different. Um, a lot of them speak to your parents a lot more than they would to you at a home interview just to find out, I guess, things that your parents see every day than what a club wouldn't. So, yeah, every club's different. But, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's Yeah, it's pretty interesting having clubs speak to your family and get to know your siblings and all that, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I think a lot of people on the outside wouldn't expect, uh, I guess, so many questions directed at your your family.
3: Yeah, oh, well, a couple of interviews have been directly just towards my family and I wasn't speaking much, so I guess that's just to find out, I guess, more things about you on uh, a deeper, um, really, than what I would actually say in an interview. So, yeah, I guess what they're trying to get at is, Trying to understand me on a level that not many other people have, except my family.
2: Okay, and Riley, um, just the the assistance you've been receiving in preparing for interviews and um all the all the sort of behind the scenes stuff that goes on. You've got to play a player manager. Can you just um, yeah. describe or explain the role of the player manager for a kid like yourself coming through? Um, you know, different state prog or state programs. How have you, um, decided on a on a manager and, and the influence of that manager in um, assisting you in preparing for for draft? Really?
3: Yeah, um, yeah, they're pretty supportive. Um, they definitely do a lot of the things behind the scenes. Um, they definitely prepare you for the media. They get you involved in a lot of media things. So I guess my management company is Hemisphere, who's based in Melbourne, and um, yeah, my manager's called Tom Seckel and I work closely with him. He's very supportive. And I guess they're just there as that support network for you when times get good or get bad, I guess so. Yeah, they're very supportive and I guess they prepare you for what life will be like as an AFL player. And obviously they handle your money and all of those things that probably wouldn't The important stuff for
2: Ali. The money. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Riley just just on that then um, the the player manager obviously is quite a significant person given they're yeah. based based in Melbourne I mean is there how often is that contact being made with you in um, and, and how is that dealt with given the the distance
3: yeah um, I guess you have a lot of management companies approach you um, my manager actually comes to Perth probably like once every couple months but I guess we keep in contact a lot on the phone. But for me, a big thing was there's two clubs in WA and 16 over East. So I guess if I was to get drafted, um, the likelihood is I probably won't be staying in WA. So that's how I thought of it. But whether I do stay in WA or not, I guess you're always a phone call away from your manager. And yeah, that's how I see it.
2: And just one last question on player managers. You said they sort of prepare you for what uh, being drafted would be like, paint a bit of a picture for you. Can you just um, describe how that picture is looking for you at the moment and, and your confidence in the upcoming draft?
3: Yeah, um, well, I guess for me, I'm in a, a, a probably a different situation But others. Obviously, I've done the ACL, so it leaves a lot of uncertainty. But I guess for me, heading into the draft, um, all I can do really is interview well, which is what I've been doing. Um, show clubs, my character and who I am. And, hope for the best so i guess for me it's just like not worrying about it um not worrying about where i sit or where i go it's just if I get the opportunity to make the most of it so yeah i guess in the next couple of weeks your manager will sit down with you and um talk through what clubs you've spoken to and what clubs hold what picks and what clubs are looking for the title player i am so yeah a lot of a busy couple of weeks coming up
0: well, uh, yeah, big couple of weeks coming up. I can imagine their Garcia family sitting around the TV on draft night. It'll be uh, an interesting experience. Yeah. And
3: touch... Yeah, it's always- you go, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because I guess there's always the possibility of it happening and not happening. But, yeah, I guess it's exciting in a way.
0: Absolutely. Um, on, the, on the family, uh, obviously you've got uh, two brothers who are, you know, decent footballers in their own right. Um, yeah. How was it growing up uh, in a you know very sporty family and and was it was it very competitive growing up uh, environment between you guys?
3: Yeah, I think that's probably where I get my footy competitiveness from. Um, we've always, from ever since I was little, we've always had a footy in our hands. i um, always versing each other, so I guess that's where I get my physicality and yeah, I guess that's where it's like being built in from my game from our brothers. So yeah, I got them to thank.
0: Yeah, and talk us through when you when you when did you get into footy? So I know you've you've obviously played a lot of school footy, um, yeah. Footy at you know you've had uh, some success at, or played at uh, Swans at all three levels. I know recently, but when did you get yeah. into footy? When did you start to think, hey, this is something that I can look at making a possibly making a career out of?
3: Um, oh, from a young age, I've always had a massive passion for it. Um, but I guess. Probably when I played my first Colts game, which was as a 15-year-old, I probably thought, like, oh, if I really put my head down and work hard for this, I could I could reach it. So I guess that belief started coming at the age of around 15, and then I just put all the work in for the – yeah, to hopefully get drafted. So I guess that's when the belief came. But ever since I was a, a little, little boy, I've, it's been my dream.
0: Excellent, and uh, certainly a dream that uh – a lot of people aspire to and you're living it uh, but has there been has there been a particular inspiration for you i know uh, we've also had on this podcast a couple of excellent uh, sales students who have managed to to forge a career in the afl have you have you i guess are you inspired by them or is there anyone who you particularly look up to that you want to follow their journey so, so to speak in the afl yeah i
3: always thought like seven kilos i think He's a role model on and off the field, but I just think the things that he does in the community for GWS and Sydney, I think it's pretty special. So, yeah, he's definitely a player that, if I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to play AFL, would definitely strive towards what he's doing because, yeah, I think the impact he makes in the community and not only on the footy field is pretty massive.
2: Yeah, massive inspiration for a lot of people, Riley. Um, Riley, you did mention uh, sort of 15, 16 the age that you sort of um, started to believe you could maybe play uh, football at at a higher level. You were part of the state 16s program for uh, Western Australia and they had a very successful carnival. Can you talk us through that um, process of being selected firstly in an elite state program and then um, playing against the best kids of your age at, say, 16 years of age?
3: Yeah, so I mean... It all happened pretty quickly, really, from 16 to 18. That's when footy gets real serious in terms of um, preparing and the programs. But yeah, for me, 16s was probably like my biggest learning curve. Um, I guess that's when you understand what the elite environments are like. So we were lucky enough to win that championship that year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess that the trip itself was yeah very special, and I took a lot of a lot of things from it, and I guess try to build my game from that into Colts and then to league. So yeah. I guess from 16s to 18s, it gets really important because that's when you can get your name out there and get everyone talking. So, yeah, that's For when sure. I really decided to put the head down.
2: Yep, and and Riley, obviously, your state carnivals had successes 16 as in the 16s carnival, went on to right. represent WA again as a bottom major as a 17 year old in the 18s carnival, but. Injury struck you uh, during one of the games or your first game in the carnival uh, when you were going really, really well. Can you talk about how, you know, getting that opportunity and then sort of the highs and lows that can happen very quickly for a young player of your age?
3: Yeah, I guess that's just footy. Um, definitely comes with the highs and lows. Um, I guess for me, I've broken my arm last year in the state carnival and did the still this year. So, um, yeah, I guess, I haven't had my fair run of injuries but I guess that's just part of the game um, for me I've never never dwelled on the injuries I guess I just move on quickly and accept it and then you just look to build in different areas so obviously with the ACL injury I can come back stronger and bigger so I guess there's always strength you can find in bad situations
2: yeah. and um, again as it's the 18s program uh, developed and unfolded. You uh, were part of the leadership group, which was a fantastic um, achievement in itself to be considered a leader amongst your peers in a football environment. Um, And then obviously injuries struck and you've had to work your way through that. Can you just talk about the role of your leadership and how important that was for the team because I think there were even signs on the day you got injured of that leadership coming out. Um, it was very obvious to people who saw your demeanour on that day. But talk a little bit about your leadership for us.
3: Yeah, so I have definitely feel like I've had the confidence to be a leader since a young age, but I guess it really brought um, progress throughout the sixties and eighties. But, yeah, I guess I'm probably a leader on field and through the actions on and off the field, I guess. So that's – I'll definitely have the confidence to speak up. But, yeah, in my peers, everyone had a good respect for each other. So, everyone was comfortable enough to speak up when we had to. But, yeah, the a teams was challenging. Um, my leadership definitely um, grew throughout the whole time. Obviously, with the injury, my main focus was just staying positive for the boys because it was a big game. So, yeah, once the injury happened, um, I was down there at halftime and then spoke to all the boys at halftime and said, let's, let's win this game. And then I just bring a uh, positive attitude to the bench and, yeah, made sure the boys weren't worried about me. I guess that was my main focus.
0: Excellent. Um, just on the injury for a moment, um, I, I guess uh, it's been a... You mentioned before it's been a bit of a different preparation for you with the uh, for the draft. How has the injury affected you and how has the process been different uh, for you in, in preparing for the draft, knowing that you've got this this injury?
3: Well, I guess for me... Um, my year next year has already panned out, really. I'll miss just under half of the year. Um, and then depending on how the rehab goes, whether I get back earlier or later. But yeah, I guess if a club is going to take the, um, if, if they're going to draft me, they obviously know the risks that come with me. So obviously I know how my year pans out next year. It's just, yeah, if I get the opportunity um, for a club to take a punt on someone who could miss a lot of football next year.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And just uh, want to touch on Swan Districts for a moment. Uh, no, it's a place that obviously is, is special to you. Um, yeah. I believe you played in a in a narrow grand final losing Colts team last year. And, yeah. And in that game, you played really well. Had twenty touches and kicked a goal. Um. How was that experience of, of playing? I guess on the big stage uh, in the Colts grand final.
3: Yeah, it was. It was pretty special. Um, that group of boys were all pretty tight. Um, but yeah, I guess the belief in that group was pretty strong. And I guess, yeah, we got to the grand final, which no one probably expected. But yeah, it was definitely a good experience. I think that game was televised all over Australia, which was pretty big for 15 to 18-year-olds playing football to get their name out there. So yeah, I guess for me, I always approach my footy like it's another game and don't overthink it. And I guess, yeah, we obviously didn't walk away with the win, but took a lot of, a lot of positives from the game.
0: Excellent. And, and your form sort of continued into this year. You played the first three league games for, for Swans this year and you, um, you didn't look out of place and then had some really good Colts form leading into the, in, into the uh, Carnival. How was that playing league uh, f- for your first three games this year? How was that experience with the big boys?
3: Yeah, I was I was very um, fortunate. Um, I guess I was lucky enough to do a pre-season with league. Um, I started in the res- Reserves group. Um, and just worked my way into seniors, and then once I got there, I just played consistent footy, I guess, throughout the trial games. So, yeah, I was definitely um, lucky, but I guess the hard work paid off in the preseason, and yeah, I guess I followed him with some good form at the start of the year, which followed into my
0: championships. Because for those of you who haven't seen you play, you're not the biggest bloke out there. Your uh, size, uh, have, have clubs or as as your manager or anyone advising you talked about, I guess, how you deal with your size and the fact that you are probably um, one of the smaller, you'd be one of the smaller mids going around now. You look at your prototype yeah. midfielder being your Patrick Cripps or Nat Fife yeah. or someone like that.
3: Yeah, I guess. For me, size has never been like my strength. Um, I've never been the bigger man in the group. So I guess for me, it's always bringing my strength to, to, to the table and that's speed and run and carry. So I guess I can bring that um, and probably have more strength than my opposition if they're a bit taller than me. So, yeah, I guess playing your strengths is important.
0: Absolutely. I did a bit of reading up on you, mate, and uh, it said on the uh, well, one of the AFL draft sites that you've got a terrific blend of inside and outside mid and that your uh, your clearance ability is a real strength. What do you see as your strength as a footballer? What what do you, does Riley Garcia bring to the table for a club next year?
3: Yeah, I think that, um, that good balance of contested and uncontested, which is important for some in my size to have a good balance. Um, but I think I can just bring run and carry... Um, A lot of pressure and, yeah, hard work, I guess, in in the stoppage and then just playing to their strengths in whatever position position that is, whether it's um, a burst in the forward line or a burst in the midfield, just bringing my my strength to that position.
2: Yeah, that adaptability and flexibility, Riley, will certainly be uh, very important at an AFL level. Mate, just um, let's fast-track. 12 months. Can you tell us uh, what it might look like for Riley Garcia in 12 months' time? Paint us a little bit of a picture of what that is.
3: Um, well, fingers crossed I'm on an AFL club, um, working very hard. Um, I'll see my injury not worrying me at all from that point on. And, yeah, I guess pushing for seniors, I guess. But, yeah, I guess it's just working hard. Um, I see myself getting a lot stronger. And I guess that can translate into AFL footy
2: and Riley, a preference, would you prefer to be home in, in Perth or um, nah, does not really matter?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's bothered me. Um, I guess AFL's a dream and if you're fortunate enough to get the chance, um, well, I wouldn't be bothered where it is. I guess mentally I'm ready to leave if that's what happens or mentally I'm ready to stay or even if it doesn't happen, I'm ready for plan B. So yeah, I guess... I've had a lot of time to think since the injury, and, yeah, I think I'm ready to go wherever if I get the opportunity.
2: And, Riley, Mum, Sam, how will she go with you going uh, interstate <laughs> if that happens? <laughs>
3: yeah, Very I think interesting. There, might be some, there might be some happy tears. Um, obviously, they know how important footy is to me. But I guess, yeah, they'll just be soaked that uh, all this hard work has paid off. So,
2: yeah, a lot of happy tears, I think. Oh, fantastic. Thanks, Riley.
0: Thanks, mate. And thank you very much for, uh, yeah, all your insights there. I mean, it, for anyone who's, you know, young fellas out there, you know, looking to get drafted or people just wanting an insight into the system, you've given us a great insight. So we thank you for your time this morning, mate. And, yeah, uh, thank you guys very much. And we'll, we'll certainly be following your progress uh, on, I think, it's the 28th, twenty uh, sorry 27th, 28th of, uh, of November. Riley, thanks for your time. All, right. all the best,
2: Riley. Cheers. This is
0: Holding the Ball. The podcast Also, uh, you know, jam-packed with uh, visitors here in the lead-up to the, the National Draft. And we've also got uh, Jake Bassini, uh Draft Hopeful, Western Young, West Australian, uh, Draft Hopeful on, on the uh, program today. Th- Welcome, Jake. How you going? Hey, good, thanks. Yeah,
4: thanks for
0: having me, guys. Nah, pleasure. Um, so, obviously, now we sit uh, three weeks out for the National Draft. How are the nerves? How are you feeling? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty
4: nervous um, as expected. Um, yeah, got a, got a lot of things on my mind at the moment, but yeah, just, just got to wait till it happens, I guess.
0: Absolutely. And how, like, uh, I mean, you've obviously been speaking to clubs and, uh, having a few interviews and can you talk us a little bit about through that process? How's that been for you? A bit, bit of a different experience, I guess. Yeah.
4: Yeah. a very different experience, um, from what I'm used to. I've never, never knew all this would, would happen to me. Uh, yeah, it's pretty surprising. Um, yeah, I've had a few interviews over the over the last few months, and yeah, it's been tough. Um, tough, tough questions coming at me, but yeah, no, it's been good.
0: Excellent. And I believe you've had um, some postseason surgery on on the shoulder. Apparently, your, your shoulder kept popping out. Um, how's how's the rehab? How's how's the the shoulder feeling?
4: Um, yeah, no, the shoulder's good. So uh, yeah, first popped out in January. Um, and then, yeah, not, decided not to get the surgery um, before the season, and played all throughout the season with, with the shoulder kept coming out slightly. Um, so, I decided to have the surgery um, just just after um, the season ended. Um, uh, the surgery went well. All the, all the rehab's going well, and um, yeah, seen the physio um, regularly, and the rest is going pretty well for for where I should be. So, yeah, it's good.
2: And Jake, just uh, on that injury, then. So you said you sustained it in January. Can you just talk us through how that uh, injury came about? <laughs>
4: yeah, it's has been <laughs> a funny it's story. a lot. story? <laughs> yeah. So I was playing backyard cricket with, with my mate, and um, oh, no. in the pool actually, in the pool actually, and yeah, we hit the ball out of the pool area, and yeah, I went to go grab it <clears throat> um, off the concrete and. My feet were obviously wet, so I walked up and grabbed the ball and the dog ran in front of me and I didn't want to fall onto the dog, so I thought I <laughs> fell to the side and stuck my arm out and didn't want to fall onto the
2: dog and yeah, that's how it first happened. <laughs> oh, wow. So you thought you'd stuff your shoulder and save the dog. Good good option. <laughs> I think everyone would be yeah. at home with that one, Jake. But <laughs> maybe yeah. not best for your uh for your football. Um so Jake. Yeah. Just, no, yeah. So just talk us through uh, We've touched on the interviews and and stuff. Just your preparation for interviews, like you obviously don't receive training for this or um, suddenly thrust into being interviewed by the West Australian or on AFL um, websites. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you've learnt to deal with interview situations and um, who's helped you in that process? Um, Yeah, it's
4: been tough. Um, The first time I had it, I was had a few interviews I was pretty uh, pretty surprised. I didn't know what to say. Um, but after the first one, one or two, you, you sort of get, get into it. Get They all sort of ask the same questions. So, um, yeah, you sort of rehearse what you're going to say and, and sort of know what you're going to say. Um, but, yeah, I've had a lot of help. <clears throat> My manager helped me with that sort of stuff. And, yeah, he's a, a huge help with, with what I should say. He's been through the system and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's been a big help to yeah. me, I think
2: and your manager so you when did the manager hop on board with you Jake and um, and who is your manager and how important a role is that manager playing in your life uh, as in particular as an 18 year old as you've gone through 2019
4: um uh, yeah he's been a huge help um he first contacted me after the 16th carnival which was around 2 years ago i think mm-hmm. um so yeah my manager's Andrew McDougall. Oh, he, so yeah a name. he's helped me yeah he's he's had a huge help throughout the whole, especially this year. Um, with with talking to clubs and stuff like that, just letting me know what's going on. and Through my surgery, he's helped with that. Um, so yeah, he's he's been good,
2: <clears throat> mm, very good. And just um, just on you as a, a player, a little bit too, Jake. Um, I'm very interested. You you sort of play as a key defender at, at Swans at Colts level. Um, And in the state program, you've been that sort of player. With your height, um, are AFL clubs talking to you about uh, other roles you could be playing? Because maybe at 194, what are you, 194 centimetres? Yeah,
4: 193, 194
2: around there. All right. So (laughs) that sort of height, uh, you may have to play other roles. I mean, Paddy Cripps at one (laughs) ninety. five or six or whatever he is, that uh, midfield type. Uh, Tell us about you as a player and your size and where you could possibly fit in an AFL system um, and what maybe clubs are looking for with you.
4: Yeah, well, I've been compared to to Daniel Talia. um, So the way he plays and stuff like that. Not a bad comparison, Jake. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Um, they reckon maybe like a third-tall sort of thing. Um, yeah, or either uh, a half-back flanker, something like that. Just run and get, get up the ground a bit more, get get ball into my hands and also just take them into set marks um, so I can just rebound off that 50. Um, <clears throat> apparently, they've also said that I could possibly become a midfielder. Um, never played there before, but, <laughs> yeah. They reckon, yeah, they could possibly build, build me into a big-body midfielder. So. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see
0: how it goes. Yeah, so how does that go for you? Who you know, I've I've obviously seen you play a little bit of of footy, and it's all been uh, either key defender. And I know you love uh, sneaking down forward. Um, How does it go when you're being told that you might play, you know, uh, running half back or or mid? How do you how do you deal with that?
4: Um, Yeah, well, this year in Colts, uh, I had a bit of one game, bit of time in the mid. I um, had no idea what I was doing, but I got to the crack and, and I did it right, I think. So, yeah, I'd be up to the challenge wherever I get put up. I'd play there, I wouldn't complain. So, yeah, I would really just try my hardest wherever I get put, and I feel like I, I could play them positions if I, if I train hard and, and, yeah, figure out what to do there. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, while we're talking about player comparisons, uh, I was doing, doing a bit of reading up on you the other day, and it uh, – one of the AFL draft sites compared you to Jeremy McGovern, which isn't a bad uh, comparison also. So Daniel Talia and Jeremy McGovern, not too bad blokes to be uh, compared to. And it says with your footy smarts, reading of the play, and your intercept marking, uh, you have a lot of those traits. Um, yeah, what do you see as your strength would be a, a question, and how do you go when people are comparing you to these superstars who are getting paid millions of dollars? Um, yeah, it's
4: pretty surreal getting getting compared to it. For them two players. Um, obviously, they're very key key players in their team, um, especially McGovern winning, winning the premiership a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, um, I feel like I can play as like them players and, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to, to do that um, if I can get to the top level.
2: And, Jake, just on that, that self-belief is so important for a young player because, like you said... You've been compared to some pretty elite footballers here. You've been exposed to elite environments through the State Academy, um, played on some very um, high-quality forwards in your time. Talk us through um, the the self-belief that you've had to develop um, as a player, as a young player, to really, you know, hopefully realise your dream that, hey, I can mix it with the best. Yeah,
4: well, growing up in a small town Sine uh, I had no idea um that this was even possible for me. Um playing playing Colts as a youngster um, in Southern cross country footy was yeah, I never even knew state footy or or anything was like like that was, was even a thing, um, back here in Perth. Um so yeah, it would, it would be pretty pretty special to me if I if I make it and yeah, it'd be pretty surreal and I'm sure all my friends and family would be pretty rapt for me. So yeah, it would be pretty cool. It'd
2: be the pride of Southern Cross Jake. <laughs> Pretty uh, big news out there for sure. Um, And just then talking about that, uh, coming obviously from the country and being thrust into Colts football, uh, probably a higher standard football than the country footy that you'd experienced, and then progressing into the state 16s a couple of years ago. So talk us through that for you and those experiences of of probably semi-elite and then elite environments in the state academy.
4: (laughs) Yeah, so Colts footy in the country, it was a bit sloppy footy, as it would be in the country. Um, yeah, but it was a good experience playing bigger bodies, obviously. I was, I was nine years nine nine years old, yeah.
2: Nine years old against, playing against what age? Uh,
4: 15, 16-year-old. Wow. So, yeah, it's a pretty big age gap. But moving down to Perth and playing 16, but I didn't play a Colts game before. I go into the state 16 council, so... Um, yeah my first game was straight after the Cardinals so that was a big step up and how they train in Colts is, is a lot different than they did in, in back in Southern Cross um, and then moving up to, to the state I mean, the year after it's obviously a, a big change from going to a, a great coach um, Tony McCall up to Peter okay. Um I've he's a, a lot more yeah he's, he's a lot more professional and, and the way about he goes things and our strength and conditioning coaches at state was we're, were elite as well, and, and then playing league footy for Swan Districts as well. Um, yeah, that that's just another step up in
2: itself. So, well, talk about yeah. that league experience because you did get that taste at the end of this year. Talk about that game, uh, Round 19 versus Peel. Uh, I believe you had 12 disposals and, and you took five marks, which we talked about that intercept marking of the McGovern and Natalias of the world. So talk us through that day for you and what that was like to play play league footy against these big bodies. Um, what a great um, achievement.
4: Yeah, it was, it was pretty special for me. Um, obviously, I played reserves the two weeks before that and being in an emergency for league then two weeks. So I was hoping to get the call up then two weeks, but it didn't happen. And then, um, yeah, it felt pretty pretty cool. Pickets pulling me aside and um, telling me that I was playing my first league game that week. And, um, yeah, all the boys got around me um, They were really good. Um, on the day as well. Um, I was pretty nervous and they just kept me going and, and yeah, I feel like I played pretty well on that day, did my role and did what Piggie's asked, asked for me. So, yeah, I feel like it was good.
2: Yep. And um, and also, obviously, to talk about your football this year, the the um, national championships and your progression through that, um, obviously, you, you played all games, Um carrying that shoulder injury through that. So that shows a little bit of resilience, but talk about some of the quality of players that you came up against and what that has been like for your development as a defender this year.
4: Um, yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, especially playing against like the top picks for this year, like Matt Rowland and Noah Anderson and stuff like that. So watching them play was pretty, pretty surreal. Um, but also playing on some of the best forwards in the country or, or the best forwards in the country was, it was uh, a big deal to me and uh, good for my development, I feel. Um, I feel like um, I didn't let any of them get on top of me. Um, I feel like I, I did my role for the team and, and defended when I needed to and, yeah, did, did everything I could, of I feel, yeah.
2: Mm, fantastic. And just one last question from me in regards to your connection with Sam Taylor at GWS. <laughs>
4: Yeah, so I'm, I'm good mates with his brother, Ben Taylor. And, yeah, at Swanies beforehand, he used to have a chat when, when he was back at, at Swan District Sam. So, yeah, every time he's back in Perth, whenever I go to Ben, he, he's there. Um, so, yeah, we catch up, have, have good, a good chat about footy and stuff like that and, yeah, try to take my mind and his mind off footy as well. So we just talk about what what teenage boys usually, usually talk about. So, yeah, no, he's, he's a good bloke.
0: Excellent Jake so uh, is, is there I mean uh, obviously Sam Taylor a good uh, player to model yourself on obviously came through Swan districts and uh, is you know had a great season for, for GWS uh, in 2019 um, who do you take inspiration from is there some someone that um, you know inspires you their story or something that you followed to, to that you hope to get to that level is there someone you really want to model yourself on
4: Um yeah, probably Sam. Uh, he was a great role model for me, seeing him obviously being where I was now at Swan Districts playing Colts and, and him coming up, obviously living living in Bullsbrook in the bush as well, It's sort of like me, living in the country. Um, but yeah, probably probably Sam. Um, yeah, just watching him develop and, and how he's gone about it and his professionalism coming from Colts and stuff like that. So yeah, probably the way he goes about it, yeah.
0: And to finish off mate obviously the draft very unpredictable um, you don't really know what's going to happen and where you're going to end up what are your, your thoughts about you know traveling interstate and having to play interstate or would you rather stay in wa how do you feel about all that
4: um i would i'd would go anywhere um, to, to pursue my assume my dream playing playing footy um yeah i feel like moving out of the state would be would be tough at first, but I'd I'd love it. Um, I'd love to move over over east, and yeah, not sure if, if Mum will like it or not. But um, yeah, I'd be happy to, to go wherever. Staying here would obviously be a bonus, uh, being around all my mates and stuff like that, friends and family. But yeah, I would I would move over east if I had to. Um, mum. Mum will actually actually like it, get away from the family. I think she's
0: sticking me, so yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. That was going to be my next question. Um, you know, how would, I know you're pretty close with your sister as well, and uh, and the family there. How how do you think the family would be, if, uh, or if you had to move? That you reckon they'd be okay? Um, uh, yeah, I feel, I
4: feel like Mum will have a few tears at, at, at first, but. Yeah, no, nah, she'd she'd be happy. Um, my sister would be pretty happy. I reckon she's already made plans to knock down the wall so she can make her, <laughs> her room a bit bigger.
2: Smart. So Dolly.
4: yeah, no, nah, I don't I don't think she had a problem with me with me moving state
0: either. Excellent. Well, uh, Jake, we really appreciate your time and and coming on to chat with us on the uh, on the podcast this morning, and uh, we wish you all the best uh, for draft night, and 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 hope uh, your dream gets realised in a few weeks.
4: Yeah, no, nah, great. Thank you, pardon me, guys.
0: No worries. Thanks for chatting to us. Thanks, Jake. Holding the ball with Mike and Bomber.
1: All right. Special thanks to uh, Riley Garcia and Jake Piscini for joining us this week on the podcast. And also a big thanks to Sylve Lombardi for uh, giving us some of the inside information on these boys and asking some of the tough questions. So that's pretty much the the episode for the week. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is Holding the Ball Podcast. Twitter is at Hold Ball Pod. And you can also send us an email at Holding the Ball Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you've got some time, leave a review on uh, iTunes. And uh, next week, we've also got part two of our draft podcast. Uh, Still, is going to join us again and we're going to discuss a few things, the mid-season draft, delisted free agency. We're going to go through the top WA draft prospects and uh, we're also going to do a top 20 draftees for the season and sort of line that up with a mock draft who particular clubs might be interested in taking in the draft. All right, that's the episode for this week. Uh, Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast
4: with Mike and Bomber.